0: Thank you for tuning in to The Queer Truth, a podcast that takes on a variety of topics from pop culture to everyday life. I'm Chantel C. You can call me Cece, and I'm joined by my partner in organizing, Denise. Hello. How are you in Scandalavia?
1: Good. It's good. I mean, I I feel like I'm a well-traveled person, right? Like I feel like that. Do you feel like that? I feel like I'm well traveled, right? Yeah, you've, been, you've this, been a few places. I've been a few places. But also at the same time, very, very basic mythologies I have in my head get broken. Mm. I feel like there's a piece of me that's just like, why does anyone ever leave New York? Right? Like it's still that girl who's like, why why would anyone live anywhere else? Like, I don't know anything about the world. So I thought it would get uh, continuously just colder and colder the more north I got. So now I'm up in Norway, and the sun never sleeps.
0: Right. I really don't know not how th- all of this these time of year.
1: very, very pale, very, very blonde people deal with, like, this
0: without SPF 4000. Did you not know about Did this? You- <laughs>
1: theoretical knowledge of it but okay I but you but together. you
0: you claim to be watching the games right now and you know st petersburg is only getting about three hours of nighttime is that what's happening yes you did we didn't know about this phenomenon i mean you do come from a country that has a state called alaska that has something similar
1: <laughs> which i've never been to so clearly i've been missing out i've been missing out but i, I got scared because i was going north in germany and it's getting progressively colder and colder, and I thought I was gonna die because I couldn't deal with a cold summer. Wow. And I got to Norway, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I got to Norway, and all of a sudden, it's summer again, and it's summer on fleek. It's like summer square, summer three, summer cube. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. So, yeah, Norway is great, and they're very very friendly to Americans. They're they're like, come and root for the team that we don't want to win in the pub. Mm-hmm.
0: We're gonna give you some free drinks. Yeah, you sound like a tourist <laughs> right now. I'm glad that you're enjoying it though. <laughs> I really am not, I am a
1: tourist right now, what do you think this is? I'm not Norwegian all of a
0: sudden. Come on now <laughs> given that that tourists, yeah, they friendly. you know who else is traveling Who? will Smith ooh so, my boy, you're up so Drake released a very, very, very long album called Scorpion. You mm. got a side A and a side B, and mm-hmm. something like seven. Of the top ten on Billboard charts or Hot 100 are from Drake. Does he and even have to try anymore?
1: Does he even have
0: to try? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, he was breaking all kinds of records. It was the first time that an entire album was streamed over a billion times just in one week on Spotify. I mean, that's neat. And one of the songs has sparked a lot of creativity and dance moves. By black folks mostly, but there were some white people in it too. Kiki, J.T., risha he, he named a lot of names. People think they know who Kiki is. Kiki's probably the most popular because there is a challenge called "In My Feelings" hashtag In My Feelings, where people dance to the first verse or the first very, 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 very first time of the chorus of this song. I think this is gonna be my new hip hop karaoke song to be honest, because I was reading the words and I can do this flow i can do this flow you easy i can do this flow okay. easy okay because i i remember somebody stumbling on a Peter Piper picked pick the pepper i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know that flow um, <laughs> sorry that's sure what you're referring to and so it's been a lot of fun right kirk franklin and his wife did one he said it was directed by his son diddy's son did one where he was even doing a little diddy mace uh Dance in it. It was very cute. I guess it all started with um the Shiggy Show because he he did like this sh- the the Shiggy dance whatever his dance is called. I don't even really know what the Shiggy dance is. But anyway, Shiggy Show comedian kind of started this whole challenge off. Sierra and her man Mr. Wilson did like a really cute one because they are currently on their honeymoon in, in Cape Town. Late one, late honeymoon. Yeah, that's all right. But they theirs was super super cute. And Will was like, you know what? I got one better. I have been on Instagram all of a year, and I have higher numbers than all of y'all. And Will <laughs> decided he was going to climb a bridge in Budapest. It's a mess. Goes to the yes. top of the bridge. Not just the bridge. Th- he climbed up through it and came out on the top of the roof. It's, it was illegal. He recorded himself doing an illegal activity. Surely. <laughs> With the drone. But I'm sure his they people, even had the drone recording why, him from Why is he not in the gulag? They don't.
1: They he was don't just like, those. I'm breaking all kinds of international black man
0: rules. The Soviet like, Union he, does not exist anymore. <laughs> the does not have any gulags. So it was great, right? And he was like, I'm going to keep it 100. I was terrified up there. That's why my dance moves is all stiff. Yes. Yes, they were. We noticed. So I'm glad you commented on it, Will. But what is it? What is it? Why do black people love these challenges? What do we love about them?
1: It's funny because it like connects, it connects you in a way. I mean, I just remember sort of like growing up and having these trends happen organically instead of digitally. So happen in person and organically, like you would be at lunch and people would be showing you the moves and then you go home in your <laughs> and your go to bathroom, yourself up next to the bathtub trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then maybe you could, like, bust a move on playground, do a little something, something, something. So it was much more organic in the past, but there was always some, somewhat of a culture of, like, we're going to come together and we're going to dance together. We're going to learn um, from each other what we're doing and we're going to see who can do it better. And now that's just happening digitally. I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now you can do that with somebody in Budapest
0: mm-hmm. on the top of a bridge. That's, that's amazing. The funny thing is people who are close to me know me so well that they don't even bother with saying, oh, have you heard of this? They just start sending me videos. So everybody mm-hmm. knew I was going to be really into this challenge. But I, I have to say, Kirk Franklin surprised me the most. You have to watch I his if you haven't you. watched it. I did. You I have. didn't surprise you.
1: First of all, his wife's fine. I, I didn't know. I got caught off the know house. You his wife's fine? It's
0: been a minute since I've been in church. It's been a minute. It's been... <laughs> it's been a minute. I was surprised by some of his moves. I knew Kirk had moves, but Kirk got the new moves. Like Kirk was like, You are not gonna leave me in the past. I keep up with the kids. His moves sanctified, what you say? <laughs> he had all the new moves. I was like, Okay, okay, Kirk. I see you. <laughs> Is this like a particularly black thing? Because there were some oh. videos. Um, One, I would like to call out if you got my mouth open and you dentisting on my mouth, I'm going to need for your focus to be on my mouth and not to be getting recorded doing the, in my feelings challenge. No, that that happened. That did happen. Thankfully, the dentist did take off the gloves that he had been using (laughs) (laughs) and then use some new gloves when he was finished. And I mean, he ha- he had a little bit of you know rhythm or whatever. You can see he knew the moves, like he had been watching it. But didn't like a black woman just get her license suspended because it was found out that she'd be dancing around in the in in, in, this, in the surgery? I'm just yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm
1: hoping at least it was his patient's idea and his patient consented and 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 right. Like you don't really that's... see
0: the patient's face, but I'm sure the patient think... would have consented.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But still, it's just wow. I don't know. I, I, don't I just feel want like. my dentist to be, I mean, the mouth was like all up in the grill thing and they had it like on this. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You got things to do. Focus. I know. I know.
1: I, I, yeah, professional decorum people. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm already, I already know with the Will Smith thing, he has a team of people that got those permits. I mean, yeah, he's probably like, that. he did some that. sort of, sort of gorilla type <laughs> action with a drone it and wrong. him and a selfie camera. That joint was a professional production, Absolutely. and they had well, I they think,
0: had 18 permits, I'm sure. <laughs> they definitely did, because it was, like, super early in the morning. There were no cars on the bridge. And, you know, they were. it was obviously shot with a drone. So, you know, for any of that to take place, he had to have gotten a... They probably even shut down the bridge, you know. They was probably, like, you know, between 4 and 5, <laughs> no cars will be passing on this bridge. Sure.
1: Those those uh, Trump protests in London could have used this legal team.
0: <laughs> what? It's like, it's like, All it's of those legal are going team. forward today. Point. All of those are going forward today. What you talking about? The baby will fly today. The oh, baby the baby's going to fly.
1: fly, but I heard that, that Owen t- said that they were supposed to have a stage that they suspended the license for. I'm not sure if that still holds, but uh, you know, last
0: minute that the Metropolitan Police suspended the license well, for the that's not. that's not unusual. <laughs> that's not that's not Will Smith doing something to promote the city of Budapest. <laughs>
1: yeah. yes, I'm sure that's a win win for Budapest because right. everybody's like, "Where's that? That looks fly." Right, right. Yeah, y'all heard of Budapest? We going to Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so close. I'm so close to you, and I've never gone. I'm all the way in Norway. Haven't gone to Budapest. Budapest, like an hour away. <laughs> you never got to Budapest ever. Oh Budapest is I, nice. I, I, you know, I'm afraid of the east. Stop playing. You know? They have a really big
0: festival you should check it out
1: i'm the one over here talking about gulags we're
0: stuck in the past okay (laughs) they literally have one of the largest festivals in europe it's called the get and it's great you should check it out okay moving on you know we did talk about um the progressive politics of nouveau we've got teen vogue with the editor-in-chief who's a black woman we have mm-hmm. Edward Enniffel, a British Ghanaian man who is the editor-in-chief of British Vogue. And just simply Vogue had a black woman on its Instagram, not completely unusual these days. Salem Mitchell, light skinned, freckles, had mm-hmm. her long braids. Were those box braids? Would you call those box braids? I don't know. Well, those were at least two, three packs. Go ahead. <laughs> With, know. you know, the red swimsuit doing her her flyest on the beach and the haters did come as they do and she had time for one of them because one of the haters on the instagram page felt the need to comment that uh describing her as ghetto what's going on with vogue Ah. Vogue, having all these ghetto folk Ah, and she had time so she went to her own page she didn't even bother with comments she went to her own page and and captioned the Quote, the reason Black women POC fight so hard for representation, diversity, and over-cultural appropriation is because of this. Everything about what I look like is considered trendy in the media and in fashion right now. The freckles, the braids, the big lips, etc. But on a Black woman, it's ghetto for no reason, and we're tired of it. End quote. Mm
1: -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, goodness. I love it when people know their context. Mm -hmm. People are like, this is my context. (laughs) <laughs> all right you've, you've come to my lane you didn't use your signal <laughs> and i will issue a citation she's gorgeous she is gorgeous, she's gorgeous. and, and ellipsa everything ellipsa everything i love it oh kylie got rid of hers by the way i don't even want to see that girl i don't she even want to see that because i saw the before pictures and i don't even know i, I really I, I don't even want to know what the after picture look like i just i've been avoiding
0: it <laughs> she got rid of hers but the thing is, the serious question, what is the point of the comment? Like, you know that what you're writing, even if you are super duper racist, right? You know that if Vogue has posted this picture, they are not going to share your politics. So what is the point? Was it just to troll her? Was it in hopes that she would respond? Like, explain social media culture to me.
1: Well, I mean, the thing that was super shocking to me about social media culture, and this, you know, I've been online since the 90s, and I ain't going to get into details. But, um, and, you know, when I first started wading into these situations where I was uh, talking to people that were strangers online, I was absolutely shocked by the level of vitriol I faced when people saw that my icon was that of a black woman. I couldn't believe it. I mean, and they, like, they went in on a microscope with my icon underneath the microscope, and they were talking about every detail of my little, you know, five-by-five five pixel parent and it was ridiculous. I was just like, you just spent a lot of time trying to deconstruct, and, you know, I think I, I got. It really turned my head the first time I was like, oh, because you're used to taking it very personally. I mean, luckily, I got out of that pretty quick. Um, Luckily, um, I sort of experienced my Stranger Danger online experiences when I was already an adult or young adult. But I think that um, there's something special that happens online around Black womanhood that needs to be spoken about. There's a there's a hyper critique that we face and we innovate so much and then we're not allowed to claim anything, right? So we're shamed out of all of the spaces that we create. It happens all the time. To what end? I mean, to the end of making us the mules, right? To the end of, you know, making it so that we're, uh, we don't feel like we have a place on the stage in public discourse. I, mean, right? I, because know,
0: I I know none of this is new, right? But I really, I've been from like a I don't know, philosophical, spiritual level, been trying to really ask myself, like, yeah, how, does, like how does it make sense to you to, to demonize and to like actively bring hate towards someone you don't know? And this chick is like light-skinned, right? If you will, right? So she, in some ways, she's living up to certain ideals. Like, what do you gain in doing that? In the sense that like, like, ha- is like, Vogue, boo, are you on the cover of Vogue? Are you on Vogue's Instagram? No? Okay, so shut up. Like what are you even talking about right now? Like
1: that, right there, that right there doesn't hold anymore. Right? We're in a we're in a stage right now where there are so many armchair experts, right? Where there's so <laughs> many people that feel that they should be having their five followers and shifting the discourse. <laughs> and they also they also do <laughs> They also do a lot of things so that they can go viral. So that so right. there is an emphasis placed on being inflammatory, on being right. provocative, on being that sort of loud um person who says the things that everybody else is afraid to say. I mean, I think that's a lot about what just happened with this like recent gamer conspiracy, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, they if they get a threat of power, right. then they try to turn that into a whole rope of power and they pull mm-hmm. on it. And they sure. pull on it all the time, so it's it, it. That's that's kind of the situation and the scenario that we have set up with 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 internet fame right now.
0: Well, I've read nothing in psychology or sociology that will help me understand how you can look at a black woman with the exact same things and find them ghetto or ugly or whatever else. And, on the other hand, if the exact same things are on a white body, they're all of a sudden beautiful and chic. but just so that people know, Salem said, "You know what people have a right to their opinion, so she uh-huh. she doesn't take time for everyone uh-huh she said when asked by Teen Vogue, you know how do you go about this because obviously if you're if you you know if you're a high level model, people are saying stuff all the time she mm-hmm. said quote." It's really important to speak up when the issues are probably affecting more than just me. When people make negative comments about freckles, I speak up because although I'm confident other young girls with freckles might see those nasty comments and feel bad about their own skin. When people say ignorant things like the ghetto comment, I speak up because I know other girls are hearing it in their own lives too. Overall, it's best to save your energy and speak up when you know it'll benefit more than just your own ego, end quote. So she says, you know, if people say I'm ugly, fine. That's their opinion. people don't like what I have on, that's fine. That's their opinion too. She doesn't comment on those things. She comments on things that she feels other girls and and women will benefit from. I appreciate that. And she
1: also takes over the narrative. She doesn't focus on the specific content of a particular person so that she doesn't let them get the notoriety that they desire. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. I think that's a pretty healthy approach to it.
0: In our second segment, we're going to discuss something that some events that unfolded at the weekend, like they like to say in this country. I don't understand. At the that. weekend? Uh-huh. At oh, okay, because the they
1: all know how to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> British people love it when I say that though. Oh. They take it all in jest. They have such great senses of <laughs>
0: humor. Do they? Because they get on my nerves, always asking me about my accent. How long have you lived here? Why do you still sound like that? What should I sound like? This is my native language. please sit down they want to civilize you boo sit down you You know it's not (laughs) mm, let me I'm not even going to go into that today but I will tell you it is not the white folks who ask me that the most it is not no boo nope so in this segment, we were going to simply do clips of people enjoying their lives, living their best lives at UK Black Pride. And there are some of those to look forward to. But we did want to take a moment to talk really briefly about what happened at Mainstream Pride in London, which, as you know, I don't attend. <laughs> Mainstream Pride is organized by an organization called Pride in London. A little backstory, Pride in London has been worked, took it over some years ago and found that the coffers were debt laden and so they had to change some things the way things are done to get money in you know try to get out of debt Mm -hmm. try to make pride in london Mm -hmm. still a thing and there's a lot of contention around how they've been running things right and as you know this year stonewall decided not to support pride in london because they felt that the issues surrounding diversity, equality, and inclusion that came up last year had not been addressed thoroughly. Right. And it's really a shame because this year, you know, Mayor of London and NHS celebrating their 70th birthday were set to lead the Pride March. And the Pride March is led at the front, first with the Pride flag, and then people who have registered to walk in the parade. Well, this year, some groups had something else in mind. They felt like, um, you know what? There's a there's a lot going on in this city, and there's a lot going on at Pride that we don't condone, and and we're going to have a peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. A group of individuals labeled "Get the L Out," who were not a registered mm-hmm. parade group, forced their way to the front of the parade to stand on the rainbow flag. Now, initially, that's so, so metaphorical. So, <laughs> so metaphorical. And initially, uh, when this news came out, Pride in London did not condemn it and said that they couldn't prevent it because of safety concerns due to the heat. That was their original response. You After the <laughs> That's a um, Yeah. So the group was very anti trans. That was their whole agenda. Um their agenda was trans people are uh making, in their eyes, women, obviously they are referring to cis women, invisible. They are, they are, you know, leaving no space for lesbians and so on and so forth. After the mayor's office actually condemned this, Pride in London put out a statement condemning it as well. Obviously, there was like a huge, there was a letter that came and I signed it as well. There was a big petition. It's, it's not been pretty. And so Pride in London started their statement with, we are sorry. Yes. Yes, you are. And then went on to say that they condemn it completely. The lesbian board members at Pride in London made their anger towards the unsanctioned group clear. I don't know where they did that or how, but apparently it was clear for somebody. They say in the statement that they reject what the group stands for. They do not share their values. Um, And then they went on to name who they're proud of. Trans volunteers, trans groups, trans speakers. It was a very interesting statement. I don't want to pull it apart, but, you know, I'm a little funny about apologies. And this wasn't the best (coughs) apology. What there was some misinformation, however, about the group. So they technically they really weren't allowed to be removed. The Met Police also distributed a statement saying there was no criminal offense. Um, They were there the entire time. They did not cross the line. And for that reason, they can't demand for them to be removed. Because they are allowed to peacefully protest in the way that they did.
1: I have a question for you about crossing the line. So, so the, the way I imagine the the parade is happening is that there are certain streets blocked off, right? Mm-hmm. Are they are they now in the fir- before anything else comes in the street? Did they come before
0: the first float? Yes. So they originally okay. at they demanded to march behind the flag, which is where the parade officially starts. Pride in London Mm -hmm. didn't let that happen and forced them to march all the way in front, and they did that for about a little under an hour. And then was it the police that came and removed them eventually? They were basically, they got a lot of heat from bystanders and okay, so bystanders were shouting, "We could not handle it! They didn't want that smoke." It seems I haven't read a firsthand account of how they actually decided to leave, but I imagine that it was the combination of being talked down by Pride in London organizers, met police, and bystanders. From what I've put together, okay,
1: they didn't have the fan base they thought they was gonna have. No,
0: they didn't. Okay, they were not well received.
1: <laughs> they were not well received. Okay, cool. Um. Okay, so uh, first of all, I'm gonna preface all of this by saying this. I I happen to be so. Washington DC also has something similar to what London has, which is that we have a specific well, I say the we, <laughs> even though I haven't lived in DC for years, but came of age in DC. And have a a black gay pride, and then we have a general pride mm-hmm. that is massive, right? Because it's Washington DC. Sure. And um I happened to be in town for the general pride. I'd missed the the black A pride. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to um a queer black friend of mine and she was just like what are you talking about you're going to pride you're not going to pride pride already happened <laughs> because it was not even in our consciousness right I, like i lived in dc for years and never went to the general pride
0: i have to say when it's, you it's, told me you were going to pride i was like no that's when i was in town i don't know what she talked
1: yeah about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like as 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 a black woman person it's just not even in our consciousness to 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 like you know okay i'm gonna go to a general pride mm-hmm. because of these kinds of shenanigans that happened, you know, and, and and many different microaggressions that that I went Absolutely. through, stuff like that, and then of course, you know, this this larger stuff that 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 crops up. Um, so I will say that to preference. it, and then another thing I want to remind uh, our listeners of is that some time ago, um, when I was in uh, the Netherlands, I did an amazing uh, interview with Olaf, um, mm-hmm. who now has her own podcast, Olaf Speaks a lot of talks. Right. And, um, she was talking about how, uh, they were trying to do a protest around trans inclusivity and, um, getting the corporations out of pride, mm-hmm. right. Which seems to be a very sort of appropriate pride, appropriate thing. Mm-hmm. And they were met by intense physical brutality and retaliation right. by the police, Right. Mm-hmm. So this idea that the Met Police are restrained by stability. Oh, please.
0: <laughs> step I, step look, step let me, look, I, I, I was only quoting, I was me. only quoting what they said. I have not told my personal story that I'm not going to go into because we don't have time about that same Met Police giving uh-huh. a large group of us and not only Black people a hard time at the end of Black Pride. And we didn't have this last year. I don't know what it was about this year. Um, We had already vacated the park premises and we were sitting outside of the park on a green public space. And they would not leave us alone until we all stood up from that space so that they could go home. Why they're going home depended on us getting up from a green patch in the city. I don't know. But they then they they claimed that they were being nothing but nice and civil by asking us first. But it wasn't an ask. Right. If you ask someone, that means they have a choice. We had no choice and eventually they did make all of us get up. So look, I, I am very clear about Met Police. I just was giving the quotes as 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 a one does.
1: Well, I, I think I think that part of the frustration I feel around the TERF movement in general and is how so much of it is weaponized in white womanhood. What does TERF uh, stand for? <laughs> trans exclusionary radical feminist. Thank you. So that's, that's exactly what this get the L out thing was Yeah, from my understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they're essentially trying to hide behind the fact that, oh, well, you know, this kind of like Fox, fox logic of we're actual feminists and, and we're queer as well, but we just don't want trans people around, right? Because right. trans people are not real things, right? So that's, that's kind of where they go on and that's their logic, which is, which is, Total bollocks. If anyone would like to see a breakdown of them, their logic, and why it's nonsense, I said bollocks. Did you hear that? I did. It doesn't work. Shut up. If anyone anyone wants to see a breakdown of that, I would um, recommend listening, uh, reading uh, Julia Serrano's uh, essays on it. Um, She does a great job of breaking all of that down. Back to um, the trans exclusionary politics. Um, it really cloaks it and weaponizes itself within um white womanhood right mm. and part of the reason why they 're able to get away with half of the really violent, really oppressive stuff that they do, especially within the context of queer spaces, is because it is a movement that at the helm has a ton of white women who sure. who then um uh, have this like narrative of victimhood themselves mm. to go ahead and, uh, sort of damsel in distress and, uh, misgender people and do all kinds of really violent mess up things. As You know, as a black person in those spaces, I know those dynamics really well. And I really feel for trans people, people of color, um, that are now facing the brunt of that.
0: Well, for anyone really who's boring. confused about, um, why this shouldn't be a part of pride because they should have their place too. Um, go back and listen to our podcast where we mentioned Janelle Monet's very clear, short, and concise response to the problem with people like Kanye and others who are talking about their freedom of thought. If your freedom of thought infringes on my freedom to live, then there's no room for your freedom of thought. And that's how it is. Pride is not a place for turfs. So on that note, we will break into some highlights. It will be a little loud, but some highlights from Black Pride. So
2: looking
0: forward. Hi, Ben, it's so good to see you here. Happy Black Pride.
2: Happy Black Pride for you as well, dear.
0: Tell us, what do you do?
2: I'm a director of a mental health charity for young people and uh, children in North London.
0: How does that work? you. What do you like
2: about it? I, I used to be a teacher and a social worker for 16 years and I just had enough Then I did a master's in international development in order to work for different charities so then I ended up working for a LGBT charity in London and that was the first place in my professional life where I was bullied, can you imagine? Wow. And then I've left that job as a service manager for this mental health charity mm-hmm. and uh, I really love that place because that place has been built as a community center over 100 years ago and uh-huh. it's still a community center uh, it, there's a lot of goodwill it's very rewarding it's about children young people and their families okay. with mental health issues so it's it's very it's one of the most deprived postcodes in whole of the uk uh-huh. so the need is really high uh-huh. and it, it's not glamorous it's a small shirt It's a lot of work but every every day i feel i go home i've done something good for them and for myself
0: amazing We're here celebrating black pride today. What does it mean to you as someone who grew up black in Germany, where often your identity isn't even acknowledged as German?
2: I mean, I've been asked that question yesterday by Black Brazilians. Oh, why do why do there is why is Black Pride even there in London? Why do we have a Black Pride? Is it really necessary? And I mean, people identify differently across the globe uh, in the diaspora. But just being here and seeing all those all these people, the way they dress, the way they walk, and their hair and their glory, just this in itself for me, it's a reason that this this event has to be celebrated it's a reflection of myself i always spend a lot of money i have a very simple life but i spend a lot of money on holidays because i don't want to be surrounded again by white people i want to blend in i don't want to be special in a negative or positive i just want to blend in and this is exactly what i travel for to south america to central america to africa just to be among people who look like me and have no concept of preconcept of who i am or what i do as a professional there way I dress up now nobody could tell that I'm a director of of, of a charity Mm -hmm. but I am so that's it's very that's very uh, empowering Mm -hmm. in itself I think
0: and what's the one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from our conversation what would you like to close with
2: you should never make assumptions black people do speak German (laughs) be mindful Germans on the tube on the bus wherever you are we can overhear your conversations
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome, dear. Hi, Kim. Hello. It's so great to see you here at Black Pride today. So
3: happy to be here.
0: Can you tell our listeners what
3: it is that you do? Sure. I work as a sex educator, and I'm also the editor of a sex-positive magazine called
0: Sex Plus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So for people who don't know what like sex education is, what, what can we imagine,
3: what, what does that entail? It's basically supporting people to be their full sexual self, uh, helping them overcome shame and live their best life in their body, in their sexuality, and uh, to have the intimacy that they really want, either with themselves or with their partner.
0: Amazing. So we might need to do a full interview on that.
3: <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> so much to say so what what brings you to black pride well uh, the main thing is really wanting a space where people of color are represented and and okay. The amazing, chilled vibe, a space that is free for everyone, where queer people can feel included, where it's trans-friendly, basically, you know, a space that really, like, matches my values and my ideals and what I would want to see from Pride. in saying that, would you say that that is not the case with kind of the
0: mainstream Pride that takes place the day before here in London?
3: Yeah, so the, my issue with mainstream Pride is that it's become really commercial over the years with mostly corporate floats and higher and higher fees for community organizations, which is basically pricing people out of Pride. And it's it's becoming so focused on organizations that really it's people of color aren't represented trans- people aren't represented and non-binary people are not represented so I I think it's really important to um, to say that if the mainstream pride isn't meeting our needs as, as a community as uh, you know as people of color I just don't feel that it goes far enough to really include um, BAME people. Amazing! So what's one little thing you'd like to leave the listeners with today? like to leave the listeners with a message of hope that you can be black and queer and live your sexuality the way you want to live it and not have to listen to what society tells you about how you should be or who you should date and how you should love uh, because that's totally up to you. So find your freedom.
0: Woo! Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Hello, how are you?
4: Hello. I'm all right. Thank you.
0: So yesterday you were on the NHS float for Mainstream Pride.
4: I was indeed, yeah. Thank how you. How was that? It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's the first time I've actually been in a float. Mm-hmm. And all these years I've never felt like I could, you know, get involved in the Mainstream like Pride because I've always thought that I was never, like, I didn't think it was intuitive, Mm -hmm. hence, you know, we're here for Black Friday today. Mm -hmm. But having said that, like, I've had so much fun yesterday. It was so amazing. I mean, people were gorgeous. The weather was amazing. People were fantastic. And the level of support, I mean, I was there, you know, work-wise, because um, I work for NHS, obviously. And uh, we're celebrating seven years of um, NHS.
0: Seventy years! Seventy years, and
4: people were really, really cheering us on, and that was so much fun, so I'm really glad I did it, you know.
0: Did it put a damper on your experience after you found out that TERFs had hijacked the parade and protested?
4: I found out about that this morning, but do you know what? Like, things like that happen. like, all the time so I'm um, you know I'm just not going to sort of like let what happened you know the, the positives that happened yesterday uh, affect affected but awesome yeah I mean yeah I mean people process all the time I mean we found out yes, you know yesterday about a woman that climbed up the uh, <laughs> Statue of Liberty like I mean these things happen all the time mm-hmm. it could be something could be for a good cause or you know or not but Protesters are always there, like, you know, it happens all the time. Yeah, but but and, it's that in gray
0: And what does black pride mean to
4: you? Oh my god, what does black pride mean to me? I
0: mean and, you come from South Africa,
4: which is a very yeah. I mean, you know, it's like where do you even start like <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm black, I'm I'm an immigrant, I'm I'm overseas, uh, I'm African <laughs> You know, most of us like, uh, so it means so much to me. Like, you know, it's been given a platform to be, you know, well, not just pride, I mean, you know, it's just like being proud of who you are, freedom, uh, sort of like, you know, I mean, I grew up in South Africa and, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm one of the privileged uh, to live in the UK uh, and, you know, it's, so much different than you know. My, maybe my friends I grew up with in South Africa. Like you know, it's, it's freedom. It's amazing. It's so much fantastic.
0: Is there any one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with?
4: Um, love is love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And in
0: our final segment, what are we excited about? What are we looking forward to? Go 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 go! Look at you! Y'all put me on the spot. I ain't never ready. You know I ain't never ready. We None do. Of this is and we all know that you're never ready, but let's go.
1: <laughs> I am looking forward to Berlin queerness. I, you know, I always complain about it. It was a scene. It was whatever, but I'm about to be back up in it. And there's some things happening while I'm in town. Um, I'll post some links to some things that are happening in Berlin that I'm going to go to while I'm in town. I'm looking forward to that. In terms of uh the media, I'm looking forward to the Emmys. Okay. Even though so
0: that was uh, super vague. So you don't actually know what you're doing in Berlin. You're just letting us know that there's some queer let stuff. Let me
1: tell going you on. something. Let okay. me tell you something. I could be I could be totally looking forward
0: to super vague things, but whatever. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, this weekend is AfroPunk <laughs> Paris and yeah. Black Pride in Paris. Uh yeah. that is surely going to be an amazing experience. I have a lot of friends, a lot of extended family going. I won't make it, unfortunately. But I am about to walk out into the streets to get a personal picture of Big Baby floating in the sky. That is something I am very much looking forward to today here in London, just so that I can have seen it with my own eyes. That's how important it is to me. I need to see it with my own eyes. Oh. And then you talking about the Emmys. Let's not talk about the Emmys until the Emmys come because I okay, don't believe in things. Until I see awards happen. Okay, let me let me
1: tell you something very specific. I'm looking forward to. Before I was really interrupted.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: am I am looking forward
0: to the world champions, Croatia. <laughs> and all our African listeners now hate you well that's all for this week if you would like to keep up with us you can follow us on twitter at the queer truth we'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the things we've discussed today so feel free to get at us and if you have an extra spare dime or two please check out our patreon page patreon.com slash the queer truth until next time peace out